Hello and welcome to Black, Brown, and Bilingue, where our mission is to unite the black and brown communities through education, storytelling, and community engagement. The vision of Black, Brown, and Bilingue is to be part of creating a world in which Black and Brown identities are affirmed, bilingualism and biculturalism are nurtured, and equity is the driving force behind all that we do. Thank you for joining us again today. I am Lisette Jacobson, and I am one of your hosts. And I'm Maurice McDavid. I'm your other host. Welcome in. It is your host, fun-having, uh, intelligent, um, uh, uh, just... Uh, well-educated uh, um, transformational right, leaders. Sorry. Right, I'm just talking about Lisette. I'm I'm only talking about her. I'm 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 saying you you see the shawl up to the earrings. You see it happening right now, folks. Um, welcome into another episode of Black Brown and Bilingue. Can we talk about this pro model? If I lost like five pounds, listen, snatch. Okay, sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> So listen, um, uh, those of you that are listening just to the podcast episode, of course, you're missing out on the video. Uh, we now are producing a video as well, so be sure you check us out. We have our own YouTube channel. Um, we have been trying to grind, and that has actually brought us to today's topic. Um, I feel, I have felt uh, uh, over my, my time as a professional, um, uh, an attack on my uh, on my person, on my character, with regard to me having natural talent, but not always putting in the hard work or being disciplined, which I think is the word that that my co-host is going to talk to you about. Um, not being as disciplined as I as I could be, which would then actually take that natural talent and take it to the next level. Well, you didn't just then summarize the argument, Maurice. All right, but <laughs> so so we <laughs> so we have to bring it back. So um, there have been instances where Maurice and I have had to collaborate, as well as when we were um, in our program. Right, we would talk about how master's program, by the way, not right. not like a drug rehab program. We, <laughs> right, we and a master's that. program. Okay, you goofy. Um, we were in our master's program and we would often have conversations about um, how much Samantha would do for you in terms of doing your homework assignments and such. <clears throat> you said she would do all the readings and then you would roll up to class and then just be able to talk the birds out of the trees, which again, I am not mad. I'm not mad at you because I will be the first one to say if there is a group project in any of our upcoming classes, you better believe I'm going to want to work with you because I know that with minimal preparation, you will do a good job and give me a good grade. Like, let's just not, let's not front here. I would love to be your partner forever. However, there have also been instances where, you know, even just working and producing this podcast and other endeavors that we have pursued because of the podcast, um, I think if you had a little more discipline, 
that natural talent, because it's real. You are, I think you are very charismatic. I think you're just overall a likable guy. You're an eloquent speaker. You are very engaging. I can, I'll be the first one to say, I can listen to you talk all day, right? I'm sure the listeners listening are like, oh, who's that black man? He sounds like Obama. I'm sure <laughs> you got that. Right? See, See, In fact, you started to do the little, uh, a little earlier, but I will be the first one to say though, you are, you have so many gifts. And I think God has definitely given you many gifts that if only, right, you would pair that with discipline and focus, you would be on another level. Cause me, I feel like where I get you is on the discipline piece. Okay. Like I, I don't feel as naturally gifted as you. I know I have my talents. I know I have my skills, but there are things that just come very naturally to you that I know don't come naturally to me. And I can, like, I really feel like if we were to merge my grind with your gifts, I mean, we would be killing it right now. So if, if, if you will allow me to respond to that, I, and then I want to ask you a question because I, I have, um, I think, two pieces here. I think that focus and discipline are very different from grind, right? And so I think initially when you and I would have these conversations, I would be like, what does she mean? I'm definitely grinding. I'm out, I'm up till such and such time at night, get putting in work. I'm, I'm, you know, I'm definitely, by the way, now that I've discovered audiobooks, I definitely am doing all my reading. You know, I um I just uh full transparency to everybody out there, I'm a slow reader. I've always read at or above grade level, but I just do it slowly, right? And so, anyways, um I uh, still got that, you know, young uh, 27 or whatever on the ACT. You said 26, um, so, but okay. No, 27, 26, the second time. Uh, thank you, my homie, though. Uh, and, and and I know, go ahead, you know, you, hey, Lasek killed it, though. Lasek killed it, though. So, and again, I think, because I, but, but I bring that up only because I think that it speaks again to actually what we're talking about, right? Did you do any prep for the ACT? None. Oh, okay. All right. So then maybe you're just naturally, see, you're naturally more gifted than I am in that area. Cause I also did no prep. Anyways, my point is this. Let me tell you, side note, can I tell you what I did the day we took the ACT? I still remember I was walking in the hallway eating Flamin' Hots. <laughs> Sounds very, very early 2000s of you. Good. Right. And I was just trying to recruit my friends. Like, are we going to kick it after this? Because I think it was like an early release day or whatever. Yep. Yep. And because we're, we live by the lake, we would go and hang out at the lake afterwards and just drive around in the parking lot, listening to music. And I was eating Hank Flamin' Hots trying to kick it with my friends. Because you got to so remember... If you listen to episode one, season one, I didn't think I was going to go to college. Right. Right. Like I didn't think I was going to go away to a four-year institution. And so to me, it was like, eh. And, and because I did so well, my counselor was like, hey, no, you got to go. But anyway, go ahead. So, so I just want to clarify, you probably submitted an ACT answer booklet that had read Cheeto dust on it, right? Probably. Probably, probably. probably the score would have been higher had I not had the Cheeto dust. <laughs> right. The Cheeto dust threw off an answer or two. So, anyways, I I um I definitely have always felt like I've grinded. In fact, 
you know, I've, I have felt like at times, and, you know, again, we've talked about this, even in the, the, the exceptionalism episode and some of those others, I felt like at times I've needed to grind more as a black man in education than some of my colleagues, because there were additional things put on my plate. Um, Definitely. What I, what, what I, what I think though, um, and, and I actually saved this for today's episode, because I'm going to give in to you a little bit in the areas of focus and discipline. Yes. I think that my grind has actually been extraordinary at times, but unnecessary because of procrastination, right? Because oh. of, of like of areas where I have been like, hey, I know I can do that tonight. I know I can I can write that paper in one night and be okay. So why do all you know do it earlier? Now, the piece that builds into some of that though is the focus. And you and I have talked about this as well. Really from high school forward. I have been somebody who has been involved in a lot more than one thing at once. So I was doing sports and the president of the Black Student Union, right? And involved the church in high school. And then kind of going from there. So when you talk about discipline and focus, Lissette, g- give me, give me, help me out, right? Give me okay. some details on what you mean when you talk about discipline and focus. So I think number one, right? There's no doubt in my mind that you have not been grinding. To me, that is not at all what I'm speaking to. And I often also see people who are busy, plenty of hats in different arenas thrown in, right? Is that a thing? Did I say that right? Anyway, you got what I'm trying to say. Yes. Yeah, I got you. So I think that the, again, that's you are not going to get an argument from me on that part. But I think that you could be so much more if you practiced some focus and some discipline so that you are not procrastinating, that you're not leaving things for the last minute because you know your natural talent will get you the desired outcome. And that is my point is that there's going to come a time, Maurice where someone with half your talent, but, but twice as much discipline is gonna out, out perform you. Because I do think there's a certain point where natural talent is only gonna take you so far, right? And for me, it's funny to hear, not funny, but it's like interesting. I think we both have a different um, perspective, perhaps even opinion on what grinding is. All through high school, I worked. I had to save money to go to school or to even buy a car. If I, anything I wanted, I had to actually have a job. So I was a, I was working a ton and a full-time student. In fact, I worked so much that I hurried up and graduated early just so that I could get that extra time in to work 60 hour weeks. So mm. I know, and I was, I was working two to two. So, and, and that place was like maybe 40 minutes away. So I wasn't getting home till like three, four in the morning. Wow. You know, so, um, so I don't think that you're not grinding. I think some of that is also relative to, you know, people's experiences to me though, for you is this, um, yeah, as a leader. And then that led us to that next topic, right. Where we talked about to be an effective leader, you need some of that discipline and you need to be able to 
prioritize the more pressing issues because all those other things and having your hand in the pot in all these arenas, you again are not going to see it through. Like, have had you focused on whatever you're doing right now, a hundred percent or even 90% as opposed to 25. Cause I feel like you give to a lot. Right. And I've always told you, like, I'm not going to come between you and Jesus. Cause I feel like your ticket to heaven is mine too. <laughs> so that we'll talk is some like, more about that. Maybe that's another episode. <laughs> yeah, I do because I'm going to heaven by proxy anyway. <laughs> but anyway, I really like that. You have so many things that have your attention, but I think some of it is unnecessary. So, so we were, we were sitting with that last night and, and I continued kind of down this thought process um, last night at looking at, you know, the different things that I have going in my life right now. Right. So uh, for example, tomorrow night uh, or actually tomorrow morning, I'll go and, and read my new children's book to some, some kids right at another school. And then tomorrow night I'll go to the, the police um, civilians review board for the city of DeKalb. Um, and then like you mentioned, church, church is, is Sundays and Wednesdays minimally. Um, and then you're a principal, right? And so I definitely do think about, you know, kind of all of those things. Those are really the main things that I have to do apart from being a dad and a husband, right? Um, and I think that those things are, are also really, really important to me. Um, obviously, but when you talk about focus and discipline, you know, I think one thing that actually I've gotten better at that, that is important to me is that ability to pull out for a moment and and rest, right? Like pull out of the ongoing shuffle. How do you work in rest in the midst of focus and discipline? I, cause I saw you had posted one day, uh, maybe a month or so ago that part of self-care is making sure you're ready for Monday morning. And so it's doing the work on Saturday for a couple hours to make sure you're ready on on Monday. And I thought that that was a really interesting idea. I am truly in a point in my life where if something does not really speak to me and is not really in alignment to what I want to do, or if the timing isn't even right, right? Like, there have been conferences and events that I've wanted to go to, or even professional development that I've wanted to engage in that number one, I know those opportunities will come again. So if the timing isn't right, I don't do it because I think my job as a principal is so demanding that I need to be my best self. And I'm still not at my best self, but I have really learned that just because there's an opportunity in front of me doesn't mean that that will be the only opportunity. I, I'm confident that other opportunities will come and that, you know, the timing has to be just right. I also have stopped from beating myself up. I think early on in the principalship, I would beat myself up for resting and I would think, oh, why am I laying down, right? Like I could be working on evaluations or I could be working on the staff meeting agenda or I could get back to this email. And I realized like beating myself up as I was resting was not really allowing me to fully be rested. And so the discipline is my biggest form of self-care, right? Like I have a routine. Routines to me 
and structure are very, very important, right? Because I don't want to waste time doing things that, you know, are, are moving me away. I think it just comes, it just comes with focus. And I think it comes with having the ability to believe that whatever good opportunities are presented to you, more of those will come. Yeah. yeah that, that's a, go ahead. Sorry. No, that's okay. And you know, if the timing isn't right, you have to really, I have an ability in this. And I think part of this is my anxiety. If you're listening, I, there was a whole nother episode on me being just an anxious person um, based off the trauma that I went through as a kid. But, and I don't want to quote Kanye up in here, but kind of how he talked about being bipolar was his superpower. Being anxious is my superpower. It gives me an ability to think over a year in advance. I can tell you right now that when I first arrived at Pioneer, the things I'm, and actually the things I'm finally doing now, three years later, are things that I thought about that year one, but I just knew the timing wasn't right. And so having some of that, those anxious tendencies, always thinking ahead has allowed me to be strategic when it comes to leading. Now, on the flip side of that, where anxiety kicks my butt is just sometimes the day-to-day stuff where I I feel drained and not my best self. So sometimes the day-to-day interactions really are impacted by my anxiety, but my strategic planning, my vision, where I want to lead us a couple of years down the road, I can see that very clearly. I I love that. I love that turning something that I think uh, is oftentimes perceived as uh, a hindrance, um, right, or or negative, and turning that into something positive. Um, you know, I've shared uh, as well through the podcast my first kind of um, experience with real anxiety, and I must not have gotten to that good part yet. Because for me, if I'm <laughs> if I'm dealing with anxiety, it it has not yet flipped into that piece. In fact, I normally am so lackadaisical, right, and oh, and. I know. Um, and, and, and I think for some people, it's really actually bothersome. I, I've watched it hurt some of my relationships because when they get upset about something, they want me to be equally upset about it, right? Or equally as, as, as um, concerned about it. And it's not that I'm not concerned or that I don't have that empathy, but I just am always coming from that optimist perspective of it'll work out. Instead of, I like those, one of the things you said, right, is here's how it's going to work out, right? I'm thinking about how it's going to work out. And I've tended to be a person who I think is very much so uh, it will work out. And up to this point, it has. Now, a lot of that comes though from my faith system, right? That idea that all things work together for good to them that love God and are called according to his purpose. So I, I can see where even if I've got to go through this difficult moment, it can still produce something positive. Um but I, I, there, there was something that you had commented on earlier, um, you know, that, that I definitely um, wanted to get back to. And, and that was just this idea um, of, of discipline being kind of your, your self-care, mm, right? Yes. Um, and I think, honestly, um, for me, and, uh, uh, connected to that, right, is that that ability to rest, that ability to, to rest without feeling bad about it. Um, I was actually just listening to um, uh, a preacher who was talking about the fact that, like, 
like literally, literally right in the in the in the um, Judeo-Christian uh, story of creation. Number one, God creates over six days, right? And the lesson to be learned there is that life is a process. It is not something that you just show up on day one, snap your finger, and it happens, right? But number two is, is on the seventh day, God himself rested. And sometimes right. we feel bad about resting. It was actually, um, it was a podcast I was listening to um, with uh, KB. And, and I mean, uh, the podcast is um, uh, Southside Rabbi, and it was on rest. And they said, now look, if you, as a person of faith, look into the scripture and see Jesus sleep in a boat, and then you tell yourself you can't rest because you're not being faithful, if you rest, how are you better than the master, right? If he had to rest, then we got to rest. But also, he was always on message, right? He was disciplined enough to say, hey, here's what I'm here for. Here's what I'm doing. Here's my focus. And so there's also something to be said about that discipline piece that you're talking about, uh, allowing that discipline to actually um, create those opportunities for rest, where you can rest easy, right? Because you've gone through and you were disciplined on the front end. So now then on the back end, you can rest a little bit easier. So number one, Jesus was like healing the ill. So we're not on the same level as Jesus. <laughs> I'm just messing no, with No, but we are doing work that is healing work. Right, right. I think... <clears throat> So back to that discipline piece, I don't want the listeners to walk away thinking that I'm so disciplined that every minute of my day is accounted for. That's not true. But I do find that having the discipline of planning even a year at a time, then scaling it down to three months, down to the monthly, down to the weekly. My goal is to get down to the day-to-day, but at least for work, it eliminates so much uh, chaos, confusion, stress, because that's the part that gets me stressed. It's the stuff that is unforeseen, right? The stuff that you hadn't accounted for because the principalship already has so many unknowns that if I can do the best that I can to try to have everything else around me ready to go. So when those unknowns do creep up, right? Like the angry parent in your office saying he didn't get a phone call from school because the child fell down the fly or whatever, that will no longer overwhelm me because before it was like, I'd be in the middle of working on something or putting out a fire. And then I get an angry parent. Well, when stuff is up and running, I can respond and give it the time that it, that it requires. And so my one of my greatest mentors, Abby Madeira, she always taught me to plan minimally a month at a time. And so even I don't, it's crazy to me when I see people planning only like the week view, my view has to be monthly. I always have to have a month view versus the week, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. That is not, that stresses me out. Mm. Because if you look at it from a monthly perspective, you're able to really sense, okay, I can actually do this or I can actually do that. It just, it just is, it's, it's a much better flow, but it has taken time and discipline. Um, and, and then just going back to this idea of like being a leader, right? 
there definitely are some traits that you have. For example, you're charismatic. You're, um, I'm being real nice to you. You're being charismatic. You're charismatic. You are an, an excellent communicator in terms of like verbal communication. Excellent. Um, you're kind, you genuinely love your job, you love your, your staff and your students and, your, and you love working with families. So again, you have all of these good qualities. Now just imagine where you would be if you were a little more disciplined in your approach. That is all I'm saying. And stop saying yes to every darn thing. It's not a missed opportunity. It is not a missed opportunity. I think, especially you know the conversation we were having last night, you can still pursue the things you want to pursue, but on your terms, right? Right now we're saying yes to things that are on other people's terms. Start saying and doing the things you want to do under your terms. So um, I, I was reflecting on that a little bit too, though, Lisa. And I don't know if, if this connects to your spirit uh, like it does to mine, um, but have you ever watched a documentary and thought to yourself, this is my new cause? Like, like you're so moved by the documentary that you're like, I got to do something. I have to do something about what I just saw. We have missionaries come and visit our church. And I'm like, I got to go to that country. And it changes with each missionary, right? Because I think one of, one of, my, one of my strengths and one of my, my perhaps, uh, I don't want to say downfalls, but- Shortcoming? Yeah, is-, is, is I, my empathy makes me feel like I have to be involved in this and, or, and, and I, you know, I joked with you when we had talked about this in the past and I said, well, it's because I'm so excellent that I have to touch everything. Right. And I'm and, so glad you knew I was going with that. Right. You know, I was going yes. to bring it up. but, but that was a joke. Here's what it really is. I'm so moved by the human experience that the idea of there being violence in Chicago, I want to go try to help that. The, the idea of there being uh, uh, um, hungry families at the border, I, I want to go try to help that. The idea of there being uh, uh, war-torn countries, you know, obviously uh, there's Ukraine and, and, and we could have a whole nother episode on how the world has responded to Ukraine versus the fact that there's all these other countries. But I, I know, you know, having had that, that ability, um, that, that blessed opportunity to travel internationally, I've seen things that, that I feel like the empathy in me is like, I've got to be a part of that somehow. Okay. And I think that's the hard thing with saying no for me is that I feel like I'm letting somebody down and, and, I, and, and there's something in me that, that is called to serve, but, but I'm working on the idea that I, am I better off serving two or three things really well than serving multiple things and feeling stretched thin and trying to go from place to place. One of the things I learned right as a young preacher was if you get a chance to preach all across the world and all these awesome conferences, but your family doesn't know that you love and care about them, mm. you, will, you will regret every single message. So I definitely have thought about, okay, how do I make sure I'm a dad first 
husband first, and then everything else. But that's where it's rooted, I think. I think it's rooted in that empathy. Knowing you, Maurice, I definitely can see that being the issue, right? I also think that you have a natural zest for learning. I think you love to learn. I like, I feel like you like to immerse yourself in different experiences. Again, these are all wonderful traits, but I also think that you are limiting yourself by not being able to give it the attention that it requires fully, right? You're not fully committed or not committed is ain't the word. It's not committed. It's not committed. Hold up, hold up. Because we, we had some of those conversations. No, you're committed, but I think you're not able to give it the energy it deserves. That's a better way to put it. You're, you don't give it the energy that it deserves because you are stretched too thin. So yeah. you really have to sit down with yourself and, th- and think about what is it that you want to accomplish and under whose terms. Again, I'm very much now at a point where I know myself enough to know, like, no, that's not worth my energy, or yes, yes, that is. And um, it's kind of refreshing, right? Because I feel like in my 20s, and maybe I'll look back at my 30s when I hit 40, right? Um, I feel like in my 20s, a lot of that, those yeses were to, for other people. They weren't for me. They were for me to whatever other um, need I was filling by saying yes to everybody, whether it was people pleasing, whether it was to give an impression that I'm this or that, like, ah, that's not important to me anymore. Yeah, that's that's really interesting, too, um, because I do think um, that I, I was reflecting. There are some things that I was participating in. I've given up uh, a couple of things. You know, as I was thinking about it, um, I was was serving on a council thing for Knox and working with a buddy of mine from Knox, doing some writing on another piece. And I had to go to both of those folk and say, hey, I can't continue with this as I'm, you know, going back to school. That's that's the additional piece, right, that we both are are trying to manage as being in school as well. But um, but I think about, for example, my work with the diversity teacher network right, which does draw my attention every so often, um, but it also has created some opportunities then for us to, to go and do some, you know, make some other connections, right, and so, um, you know, and I think about, for example, your work with Golden Apple has created some opportunities for us, right, and so I, I do like those, those other things that, that, like, we can, they require less, but they're great connections that then we get to come back to and Absolutely. say, you know, hey, we're going to do this to, to, together. And so I think that has also been just kind of a, a neat little um, side, uh, not hustle, but, but just a, a, um, a, an additional result, right, of, of being willing to say yes to some things. Now, I'll be honest with you. You mentioned the idea, right, of like um, – feeling like you needed to please somebody else or do this for somebody else. I think about um, initially applying for that DLERT position was definitely like- oh, For the man. gram? Well, no. Metaphorically speaking. 
Yeah, well, I mean, to 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 the extent that, um, you know, I ended up on in the paper here locally. I, I I thought about it though, right, as an opportunity to elevate that conversation that we were trying to have as a district. Sure. Um, and, and it was happening at the state level, but also I knew some folk on the on the committee, right? And so as I did that, I was like, man, you know, we got to do what we got to do. So. But again, so it is, you know, and I think everyone right now is trying to brand themselves. But sometimes what looks good for the brand isn't substantive work. Mm. Right? Like, there are so many endeavors that I could have pursued. And it's not, I, I say that as humbly you know, but it goes back to aligning to the purpose. And I've said no, because even though publicly it would look really good, I knew that it wouldn't not only fulfill me, but it's kind of like, also, have you ever seen somebody, and and maybe this is a little cynical, I'm being a little vulnerable saying this, but like, have you ever seen somebody get recognition, but you know, like, man, but ask them how their building is doing though. Like, I mean, I'm being honest, right? Like you, some of, some of these awards that people get and recognition, it's all about who you know and not necessarily what you've done. And I want to make sure, and, and maybe again, it's an ego thing where if there's anything that I do, I want people to be able to say, but you know what? Her building is up and running. But you know what? She may be the X, Y, or Z, but she is doing her thing at Pioneer. Like, I never want to be the inverse of like, yeah, she's posting all this and the other, but the building is falling apart because, you know, people will try you. Right. People will try you. And so for me, like, I never wanted to be that person to yeah. take on all these things and then have the moment, like the major focus, which right now is being a principal to that, you know, suffer. Such an important uh, comment there. I, I, I'm thinking about a conversation that I had with uh, district leadership um, in, in the past, you know, at, at some point in my career, um, a district leadership uh, person had come to me and asked me about taking, you know, if I, was, if I had seen that there had been posted a DEI director position in another district. Uh, and my response to this person was, no, I'm, I'm not out looking, number one. Number two, is for me to go and take that position, I want to be able to talk from experience about having done it. Yes. Right? And yes. so I don't want it to be, well, I've read this book and I'm going to parrot what this author said. I want to be able to say, hey, I've taken what this author said and I've put it into application, put it to work. And now I can talk to you from that experience. So, so I think it's really important to, again, be able to say, like, here's the work that I've done. In fact, um, I'm reading this book right now by Dr. Anthony Muhammad, uh, Transforming School Culture, and Rebecca DeFore writes the intro. And that's one of the things she notes about this brother is she says, by the way, he's not talking to you just from a research perspective. This brother was a state of Michigan principal of the year turnaround building, high minority, high low income building to performing building. Um, so when he says this helps, please know that this brother is coming from an experience of it helped his building, right? And right. that's what he's learned from that. 
Um, so I think that brings a level of, of credibility that we want to be able to bring, you know, as we continue to expand and offer PD and do those types of things. So, um, right. And, 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 <clears throat> sorry, I, this tea was really hot. Um, that's precisely why I, again, focus right now at being the best principal that I could possibly be. Um, obviously I have to continue my education. So that's the next thing that's really got my thing, like my, that's taking my time. And then, um, the podcast, I also think though, with my kids and my husband, they support all of these endeavors, right? They hopefully don't feel, I don't think they do neglected, right? We're a very tight knit family, because outside of that, we really don't do much. Like I, I don't have that need to just be on the go, go, go. And so my hope is that down the road, when you and I are expanding and providing more uh, professional development, that we are going to be able to offer something that maybe a professor can't offer. And that is experience and you talk about empathy. I think that's what's going to make it so great because we will be able to empathize with some of the challenges that administrators go through because it's so real. Like, I don't think we realize the emotional toll that the principalship can have on you, especially in those first couple of years. Like, I still feel like I got some PTSD, right? Um, so I never want someone to look at me and say, look at her spending all this time doing PD but isn't even focusing on her job. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's- I'm uh, proud of you though. Uh, thank you, uh, e uh, same. I was gonna say igualmente, igualmente. Um, so because we are empathetic leaders and we want to mentor leaders down the road and perhaps help their schools or their organizations, what is some advice now looking back? Cause you, you, you've got some gems here, Maurice. Like you've really reflected and thought about this. Um, what are some things that you would say maybe to a novice principal, a novice, maybe just a leader, someone's in a leader role right now? What would you yeah. say? Here's, here's uh, something that was said to me earlier this year, and it has continued to ring in my head. Um, and that is this, reflection is powerful, but action changes things. Ooh. Right. So if 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 I if I was to record this episode and have made these reflections, but I don't do anything differently, then I will continue to get the results that I've already gotten. And I could say those have been OK. Look at me. You know, I'm doing OK in life. I'm you know 34. I'm a principal. It's been OK. But if I am looking to excel at a rate quicker than I have up to this point or in a way differently, right, than I have up to this point, then to reflect is one thing, but action is what will create that change. And so sit down, right? What I, what I plan on doing before spring break is out is I'm going to sit down, I'm going to write some things, and then here's my actual plan for the end of the school year, right? We got about, we got April and May. So for April and May, what can I do? And then I can sit down in June and say between June and, and August, when, when I'm standing in front of staff again, what can I do to be a better principal? Um, and, and then again, 
uh, you know, in August, meet with that that team again and and begin to build there and and again have conversations. Yes, but but what's the action? I love that. I'm so proud of you, Maurice. I think that you have always been reflective. But I think that piece of like the action is what perhaps was not there yet. Um, I also have to admire your uh, ability to receive my feedback for as uncouth as it may come off sometimes. (laughs) But I I really do commend you um, because I, I do think like sometimes there were moments where I'd be like, why are you doing that? Or you'd be like, oh, you're a hater. And it's like, no, 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 no. I want you to focus because I want to see you win. Because if you win, I win. And if I win, I win. There That's it is. That's what I was waiting for. <laughs> That's what I was waiting for. <laughs> so I can never just be nice. I always got to give you a little zinger. Um, but I think what I would say to the listeners is this hustle culture is so toxic. And social media makes you feel like you're behind. Behind what? What are we truly behind, right? Um, Take the time that you need to rest. Saying no is okay. And make sure that everything that you commit to really aligns to your bigger picture and your bigger focus. And if you are someone who struggles to find that focus and narrow down your interests, then you're going to have to be super intentional about pursuing those things under your terms. Because... So long as you are working under another organization or district, you're not going to be able to pursue all of those endeavors and do them justice. So it's fine to have a lot of interests, but you're going to then need to do them on your own terms. Which again, may be a whole nother episode, folks, doing things on your own terms, entrepreneurship. Listen, anyways, um, this has been a great episode. Listen, I appreciate, uh, as always, the conversation. I hope our listeners and our viewers uh, have gained something today and are able to take it and, again, put it into action. Uh, for Black, Brown, and Bilingue, this is Maurice McDavid. And I'm Lisa Jacobson. Muchas gracias for tuning in. Adios. Adios.